Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo. Here with you on a Tuesday morning. We are glad to be with you here on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts. We appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate all of our listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us and especially all our essential medical personnel out there, pharmacists, doctors, nurses, all of you guys. We appreciate you at this incredibly trying time. I want you to go check out our sponsors as best you can. Uh, especially at Strange Brew, and I know they're doing a lot of stuff over there. Try to keep everybody safe, but to be able to keep the product going over there, they have the drive-through. They have a walk-up window at their uh, University Drive location, so you don't have to. You know, there's not too much interaction there. Uh, and of course, you can always just you know order stuff online, order shipping. Uh, you know, coffee come directly to your house, or just get a gift card and you know wait it out. And when everything's back to normal, you can use that gift card and treat yourself to a drink, or of course, to go across the way to some delicious ice cream so keep it uh keep yourself safe but if you want some coffee and, and, and honestly i would think most people these days probably need a little coffee probably running a little ragged i would think you know what we should do what well should I, we I guess you know the hospital is probably not overloaded yet but when it is one day if, if, we, if we have that if, if it gets bad here in starville we're gonna load up and go buy some folks some coffee and take them up there i'm in and we'll do that i am in that's what, and especially right now, if you want to brew somebody forward right now, some somebody who works at OCH might be a good choice for that. That'd be a fantastic choice. I uh, also want to thank our good friends over at College Corner. You can shop online at collegecornerstore.com and then, you know, obviously shipped right to your house. No questions asked. But if you do, if you are out and about, you want to check out one of their two locations in the Jackson area. They are in Ridgeland over by Fleet Feet. They are in Flowood over by the Half Shell. They have the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise. It may not be back on campus for sports until September. So you got plenty of time to go and buy a brand new game day polo, Adidas official issue, the stuff the coaches are going to wear. You can put that on your back and have that when you're back in Starkville uh, very soon. And especially when you, you know, that first game, it's going to be a madhouse. You don't, <laughs> the lines at some of the places here in Starkville that sell MSU logo wear are going to be egregious, outrageous, ridiculous. Have it on when you get here. Have that shirt on when you jump in the car. And you can do that when you shop at College Corner online at collegecornerstore.com. Joel, I'm excited because we have an actual live sports podcast today. Real sports news to talk about, real sports MSU stuff to talk about. This will be the most normal podcast of the week is how I probably would imagine it. I'm excited about that. I'm going to include a word in our uh, seven. So, you know what? I get you can't words. even say it once. You can't even say it once. Okay. The C word. Not that C word. Okay. My eyes just got really big. I'll say it one time. Okay. And we're not going to say it again the rest of the show. Yeah, sure. Coronavirus. Don't say it again. Okay. Sure. I, I hadn't said it prior, previously, had I? I don't know, but I'm sure on every show we've done for the last two or three, it's been on it. So. Yeah. So we're not saying it again. 
We will not say that word no for the remainder of today's show. And we're going to sit here for the next however many minutes. And talk sports. And talk sports. MSU sports. But an MSU-related uh, topic to start, and there is no more MSU-related person than Dak Prescott, who uh, it was announced today, the NFL, uh, back in business, uh, a very welcome distraction, I thought, from you know things. Uh, they The Cowboys announced they will put the franchise tag onto Dak Prescott. So what that means is this. He is uh, he's locked up for a year. Nobody can sign him in this free agency period. And he is due the average of the top five quarterback salaries in the country or in the NFL, and that number is $33.6 million. Now, obviously Dak would like a longer-term deal. He'd like a lot of guaranteed money. The Cowboys threw an offer his way, I think it was four years at 33 a year, with 105 guaranteed. Oh, I'm sorry, change that. He they offered him, I think, a seven-year deal for that amount. Dak turned that down. He he wants a shorter deal because he's he is he's a smart businessman. He knows the price of quarterbacks is just going up. Patrick Mahomes' contract is going to reset the market. You know, right now the highest paid quarterback is Russell Wilson. He's at around 30, he's at 38, I think. Mahomes is going to get in the neighborhood of forty to forty-five million a year, so that average is going to go up again. Dak is taking a gamble; he's betting on himself to say in four years. Because what is Dak right now? He's got to be twenty-six, twenty-seven. He wants to be able to come back at thirty-one and get another four-year deal at that new average, as opposed to being locked in for seven years. It's a risk, but it's a risk Dak seems to be willing to take. It's the risk that Kirk Cousins took on himself, and it paid off big for him. Just big picture, can Dak make this gamble pay off? Yeah, I think so. And it probably doesn't hurt that he's got a guy in Jerry Jones that apparently adores him. Doesn't seem like he's going anywhere. Um, Could you ever see Dak, at least anytime soon, wearing another uniform? Because I just don't think that's going to happen. You know, that's one of those things, right? You say that about all players, I think. You know that have been in a, a, a franchise for a while and have become sort of a face of a franchise. But Jerry has talked like Dak's going nowhere. Well, I mean, yeah, I know that, but I'm just saying, like, I didn't think I'd ever see Albert Pujols in a different. That's, that's fair. Uh, uh, I didn't think I, I didn't think I'd see Tom Brady in one, but it looks like it's trending that way. Tom Glavin. <laughs> Tom Glavin is another uh, fine John example. Smoltz. Yeah, all these guys. I mean, you know, Barry Bonds was a pirate all those years. You didn't think he'd always be a pirate? No, he ended up being a giant. So, I think in pro sports, you should never say never. You know, I, I, would, I would say that. Um, I think the Cowboys want to make a deal with him. But, they, you know, they're, they're, again, on the other side, they're smart, too. They, want, they think he's the franchise quarterback. They want to lock him up for as long as they possibly can. So, they're going to have to find a middle, some middle ground. My guess is the middle ground is a five-year or six-year deal, but the Cowboys up the guaranteed money. I think that Dak would probably be willing to do that. He'd say, look, we'll sign, we want to sign a six-year deal. So you're 33 when you come out of that. that. I mean, I think Drew Brees and Tom Brady have proved elite quarterbacks can play another decade from that. And then, but we're, we'll up, you know, we want, what Dak's side would be, I would want more guaranteed yeah. money. I'd want $120 million guaranteed. I just feel like kind of at the end of the day, Jerry loves Dak, mm-hmm. and I think Dak loves the Cowboys. Well, he does. I mean, there's no question about that. And, and always kind of has. So I just... I can't see this not working out somehow, some way, to where 
I mean, it's a negotiation. Is Dak going to get exactly what he wants? Probably not. Is Jerry going to pay exactly what he wants? Probably not. It's going to be somewhere in the middle. And, But bottom line, you ask, you know, can Dak get something about what he wants? Probably. Yeah, because I, I think at the end of the day, he wants to stay in Dallas. I think Dallas wants him to stay there. And end of the day, he's going to be making a ton of money no matter what he makes. I mean, yeah. I, you have to think if you want to be in Dallas – that, you know, to be there, to be well compensated, I, I think that's where it, it's ultimately going to shake out. So. Right. And the, and the franchise, the number, the 33.6, that's probably close to what he's going to end up getting per year anyway. Um, now, obviously, you know, you're seeing some people, people on Twitter like, oh, he's just a fool, so greedy. Guys, come on. What Dak Prescott, what NFL quarterbacks make isn't determined by what you make at your job doing whatever it is you do. All right, that's just the average salary. You know, the average salary for for whatever you do, if you're one of the best at it, you have the ability to do the same thing that Dak Prescott is doing. You can command whatever you want. If if your if your employer wants to keep you, if other employers are interested in you, it all the people who I don't want to go too far down politi- politics road here, but the people who are always like oh, he's so greedy are are like diehard capitalists. This is what capitalism is. It's the free market driving the price. Yeah. Um if you have a chance in your individual life to negotiate more money or not sign anything and maybe a week two down the road you can get more, you know, you'd be foolish to not explore that avenue. Uh, if I walked in the Coleman household and told Katie, hey, I'm, I'm bringing home X amount and, you know, I went ahead and signed, but if I'd have waited a week or two, I might could have gotten you know 33 percent more or something she'd probably slap me for not waiting a week or two right. and see if i couldn't get it right as well she should that's so, a smart business yeah uh, what happens is people get their their hearts as far as like their their mm-hmm. fan cards a little bit in, in it and uh well, and, and also we can't comprehend this level of money There's right that, that is difficult that's yeah. probably the biggest thing it's also it's not just fan card though it's because you have people who are not cowboys fans saying this you, know, you have people who are state fans who you would think would think, I want Dak Prescott to get as much money as he possibly can. Because that's, in, you know, long term, that should be good for Mississippi State when you have the Dak Prescott Performance Center on campus. <laughs> well, the th- a lot of people see this as the millions and millions and millions of dollars that it is. And whereas, you know, if it's in your own individual life, and I don't know what the average salary, let's just say $50,000 a year. And you know, you have a chance to up that to eighty or ninety thousand dollars a year. Nobody would consider that person greedy. Be like, you darn right, you're going to take the yeah. go up to eighty or ninety thousand dollars a year. But when you're talking the kind of money that that you make in professional sports, people just, as we said a minute ago, it's so far outside of a lot of folks' realm, mine included, by the way. Um, I, that I think that's where some of these opinions come from. That said, I understand that. Or at least I don't hold any ill will against a man trying to get as much as he can get. Right. No, I don't. I don't have a. You know, I never. You know, I think there are some times where players can be greedy. You know, uh, I think when you, you know, I, I just think there are some. You know, there are times where players, especially there are some players that just make mistakes. They're just, they're not worth what they're asking. You know, and that time, and that's when I might say, okay, this is a little ridiculous. Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback. I you know I believe that. And I'm not a Cowboys fan. I don't want the Cowboys to do well. So, you know, it doesn't behoove me to tell them to sign Dak Prescott. But Dak Prescott is a guy 
I think Dak Prescott is a guy with the right supporting cast around him, and that's true about everybody. You can't just do it by yourself. That can be a a Super Bowl quarterback. He's been a winner his whole life. Right. I mean, it, you hear those stories all the time about when he came up here for camps, even and in, in, in the weight rooms and stuff. There was just a an aura about him that brought the best out of everybody else. You know, Dak Prescott will never be the best quarterback in the NFL, I don't think, from a skill set perspective. No. But when you combine what he can do with what I think he brings out of everyone else, I don't think there's any doubt he's a franchise quarterback. Right. So he'll get his money. Uh, it'll be well-deserved. I think at the end of the day, he'll sign a five- to six-year contract worth between 33 and $35 million a year with between 100 and $120 million guaranteed. That's a ton of money. That'll be good for Dak Prescott, and it allows him that uh, – that's the other thing you have to take into consideration if you're Dak's people. Is if you play well, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, uh, Peyton Manning to a lesser extent have proved you can play into your 40s and still make another huge contract. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what happens. I think at the end of the day, my, my prediction is that they get a deal done to keep Dak Prescott in Dallas. Obviously, by franchising him, you know, what they're saying this year is our priority is getting Amari Cooper locked up. Uh, once they do that, they will come back to the drawing board and figure it out for Dak and and pay him what he apparently you know again again this isn't what I you know this isn't me MSU guy saying that's to pay Dak what he's yeah you know, he deserves this is that is the price of a of a top tier quarterback in the NFL period that's what it costs people used to get mad about Mullen making four and a half a year but guys that's at that time that's what the price of poker was you know. To get a, co- a coach in the SEC West, that's what they were making. Dak was, Dan was making four and a half million. He was like the the second high lowest paid coach. <laughs> you know, that's just it's just the price. You know, it's tough for the average person, me included, to comprehend those numbers sometimes. But they just are what they are. So thirty three point six million he's going to make this year. He hasn't made that in the first four years in the NFL. His, his yeah. contract is only worth like two million or something, like two two and a half million. I think Dak's done all right for a fourth round tight end. Fourth round tight end. Those people. I, I will say, it doesn't surprise me. That if you would have told me back in his senior year that he was going to be an NFL quarterback, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been shocked. Right. But the fact that he is, you know, what, upper third yeah. of, of quarterbacks in the league, that would have surprised me. I remember being with Sporto, and we had just rolled out Cowboy Sports Radio that year. And it, when it became obvious that Dak was going to you know when when they you know they gave him the first start in the preseason, and he was really good, and then Romo got hurt. I was just like, dude, he's going to be the starting quarterback. Yep. And I just remember, it was Dakamania. It, it shifted from Bulldog to Cowboy Sports Radio. <laughs> Everything was Dak, 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 Dak. And I was I I would talk to those guys and be like, you guys, you know, you're, you're getting a winner. That's all I'll tell you about that. What quarterbacks in the NFL? Are you 100% confident in saying they're better than Dak Prescott? Mahomes? Mahomes. Uh, Rodgers. Rodgers. Brady. Brady and Breeze. Um, Russell Wilson? Yes, Russell Wilson. I mean... It's only five guys so far. It's close with Deshaun Watson. It's not. It's close enough. It's close enough that I wouldn't say definitively. Yeah. Um, Andrew Luck's retired, obviously. Stafford, no. Trubisky, no. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you're not far down that list until he's you... He's not. I mean, he's for easily a top 10, and he can make a push for the top five. All right. Let's, uh, let's switch gears. Let's move on. I don't know what the next topic is. We're just sort of going here. <laughs> but, we're gonna t- but we'll tell you that it's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home. But speaking of curbside service, you can order from those guys right now. Order at 662-418-2021. Drive by their location. They'll be happy to bring it out to the car for you, or you can get it delivered to your home. Uh, so, you know, if you, you got to be quarantined, I would suggest being quarantined with with steak. That's just just my personal opinion. I mean, a quarantine is much better with steak than yeah. without. Yeah. no doubt about if it. If you have a choice, if you have to socially distance yourself, better to do it with USDA prime beef than with anything else out there. I promise you that. So, check them out. Great stuff. Great people. Locally owned and operated. We talked about helping local businesses. This is another great example, and this is a business that does business with Mississippi State. And of course, you know, right now, hey man, you're not, you know, the stress is a little too much for you. You don't want to cook. They've got you taken care of there too. They've got a lot of pre-made meals, sides, all the stuff you need to get taken care of. But of course, the star of the show are those great steaks. So again, 662-418-2021. They're at 329 University Drive here in Starkville. Or you can go online at Facebook.com slash welcome home beef. It just tastes good. Let's get back to Mississippi State. Uh, let's talk a little little positional break. We, we, we're still going to do our positional breakdowns. We only have a few left, but we'll do them. Uh, we're, talking, we're talking about the linebackers today. Um, this is an interesting group. Last year would have said this is the strongest group on the team. This year I'd say it's the – I mean, of the, of the three groups on defense, it's the weakest. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? I, I would absolutely agree. I mean, you got – Errol Thompson and a bunch of unproven guys. And that's what it is, bottom line. You tell me someone beyond Errol Thompson that I can 100% be confident in that they can get the job done. I mean, I got some guys that got a lot of talent and you're optimistic for their futures, but Errol Thompson is the only guy with LB next to his name on the roster that you just feel like you know you're going to get production and consistency and he's going to do his job, play after play after play. Right. Which Errol Thompson is the real Errol Thompson? The guy we saw in, in 18 or the guy we saw in 19? Well, I just think Errol Thompson is a very cerebral-type player. He, he's really smart. He, he can kind of see things happening. And I think who Errol Thompson was in 18 was a guy that was a really good football player that looked like a tremendous football player because he had a couple of first-round draft picks in front of him. And, I mean, look, I would stink at linebacker. But if you give me Jeff Simmons and Montez Sweat in front of me... Make a few tackles. I could, I could get a tackler, too. Yeah. And so, I think that Errol Thompson is a really good football player, but behind that line at 18 was just outstanding. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I think that probably... Who he was last year is closer to who he is in and of himself. But, I mean, State's going to be better up front this year. I think we've, we've already discussed that a good bit on this show. And so I think by them being a little better up front, that's going to make Arrow a little bit better. So it's probably somewhere in between the two. It's probably somewhere between 18 and 19. I think the guy in between those is a good linebacker. Oh, I do too. So, um, the problem is, do you trust what's around him? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. I think you're going to see some JUCO guys make immediate impacts here. They're going to have to. Ty- Tyrus Wheat, Jordan Davis, and maybe Trey Lawson as well 
are going to have to be those outside guys um, and you, because you just don't have a ton over there. You have Nate Watson. You have Aaron Brule. But what, who else do you have there, really? So you really are relying on some new faces in new places that you, that you just don't have. That's why, you know, that's why you have to consider this group weak going into. I think there's talent there. I mean, Jordan Davis is a guy that was recruited by everybody, but you just haven't seen it at all. Well, to make this comparison, since everybody's missing baseball, it's a little bit like the Mississippi State bullpen. Um, You know the talent's there. You even know some of the names. Um, Some of the names have even, you know, played a little bit. But you're just not 100% sure until the lights come on and you see them do it. And uh, obviously for Mississippi State baseball purposes there for – uh, the games we got to see, we became convinced that, yeah, those, those guys are good enough to get the job done. Um, for Mississippi State football, it hadn't happened yet. And, right. and so we were going to have to see if the Brulees and company can, you know, fill the shoes of, of, of the I, – I guess you can't even really say fill the shoes of a Willie Gay who, you know, played in three or four games. But, but in reality, uh, that guy was the best player on defense last yeah, year. Um, game changer when he was out there. Yeah. So – and you knew it going into the year that if you get Willie Gay on the field, the games that you get him for however long he's out there, he's tremendous. And they're just outside of Errol Thompson. There's no one that you can say anything definitively about. Right. And so anything you and I say on this show, until the lights hopefully come on in September and they they kick it off, everything that we say is speculation. You know, and I'm just not. I'm not saying that the group won't be good because they might be. I'm just saying it's not going to surprise me if there's a tremendous drop-off there either. But I say tremendous drop-off. Last year, Willie Gay was off the field for, what, eight, nine games. Yeah. Um, Leo Lewis, his last three years, I mean, his senior year, I guess, was his best year Mm -hmm. outside of his freshman year, but it wasn't like he was just a superstar stud. Um, Last year, it was kind of Errol and outside the games of Willie Gay. I mean, yeah. it's kind of Errol. And, you just to figure it out. So it's kind of that again. I'll say this. State may have one of the biggest linebacking cores in the conference this year. I mean, Errol Thompson's a big guy. Davis is listed at 6'5 and 250. Wheat is listed at 6'2 and 245. If Lawson is a linebacker, he's listed at 6'6 and 240. you got a freshman in Rodney Gross who's listed at 6'1 and 240. Um, Jet Johnson's a big kid. If he's going to play this year, I think he's – where did I just had him pulled up here? Oh, I lost him. Where did he go? What was his number? Do you know off the top of your head? Uh, yeah, there he is. 50 See, something, wasn't it? 44, 6'2 oh, and 235. I about said 55, but then I, I knew that wasn't right. That's not right, yeah. So, I mean, you've got big kids there. And, I mean, that, that to me, that's that's helpful when you're talking about it, you know, a defense that's only three guys up front. Having big linebackers who can sort of go toe to toe with some big offensive linemen. Is going to be a key for this linebacking core. It's just going to be this is going to be so much different than it was a season ago, where you had you know your ends were sort of trying to get upfield. Now it's going to be linebackers trying to get upfield. This defense, I mean, you could be susceptible to, to to a power running game. The good news is who's doing that? You know, outside you know Auburn a little bit, Alabama can do it, but they're they're more of a passing team. LSU, I don't know what LSU is going to be this year, but you know, for the most part. Yeah. 
it feels like this defensive switch is coming at the right time for Mississippi State where other teams are trying to put as much speed on the field as possible. That maybe going big, and th- this is the this is the never-ending battle between offense and defense. As offense changes something, defense changes to adjust it, and then the circle continues, right? So now they've got a lot of speed. Well, let's counter with some size. Now you got to still be able to do things with the speed, but that's where the five DBs come in. But now you're, I'm telling you that I'm going to bring a 250-pound outside linebacker off, and you're going to block him with your 200-pound tailback. Well, we'll see how that goes. Or you're going to go five wide, you're not going to block him with anybody. Well, we'll see how that goes for you. So the chess match is always very interesting to me. It, the key to the linebacking core for me is, is Errol Thompson, though coming back to him, make it full circle here, is he's got to play more like 2018 than he did 2019. He had a year to make the adjustment mentally to not having Jeff Simmons in front of him. He's going to be okay. The guys in front of him are good. He's going to be okay there. But he has to re- he has to elevate his game. He's the senior. He's the leader. He's going to be the captain. He has to elevate his game. Yeah, and I wonder who behind Errol. You know, you can't help but think of what happens if scenarios. Well, what happens if Errol goes down? Who who steps into that leadership role? Because nobody for me comes to mind. Who is it? Who who is the guy? Like you know, yeah. a few years ago when when Des Harris went down, right? Errol was kind of waiting in the wings. I yeah. mean, he was kind of the little brother, so to speak, of Des Harris, and kind of been learning under his wings. And, and he stepped right in there, and you know, was tremendous. I don't know. Is Brulee that guy? Is he? He yeah. could be. I don't know. Is Watson that guy? I don't know. Is Jet Johnson that guy? I don't know. So what what we're saying here is when it comes to the Mississippi State linebacker core, we don't know. We know the names for wide receiver. This is one where we really don't even know the names. Like I I could could tell you who the five wide receivers – if State wants to go four wide, I can tell you probably who's going to be those guys. Mitchell, Heath, Williams, uh, Peyton. That's probably four. Three linebackers, I know Errol Thompson. That's all I know. I can tell you some names, but they're guesses. I feel really good. I don't think my four I gave you right there were guesses. I do feel like if I give you three linebackers, I'd be guessing on two of them. Mm-hmm. So that, to me, is the biggest question about spring, summer practice, whenever it happens. That's what they've got to figure out is the linebacker, who's the starting linebackers, what's the rotation, what's the roles. If you, find that, if you figure that out relatively quickly and say, say Jordan Davis and Tyrus Wheat can be what you want them to be, you could go from a strength, a weakness to a strength pretty quickly. But if those guys, you know, if the transition is tough for them from Ju- for JUCO to, to, to SEC, and it has been in the past for different players, it wasn't for Montez Sweat. It wasn't for Jonathan Abram. It kind of was for Shamar Kilby Lane. Never did anything. <laughs> uh, it kind of was, you know, Fred Peters wasn't a huge contributor last year. So if those guys can be, you know, day one guys – we, if you go out there against you know New Mexico and that's your starting linebackers and they're wreaking havoc and then you go to play NC State, who's a much better team, obviously, next week, and they're doing the same thing, you're probably okay. Yep. So we'll talk corners uh, on the next show. That's an interesting again a position with some transition, maybe some new faces there, but a lot of talent there, especially one guy in particular who we'll talk about uh, on next week's uh, show. One last note on the way out: probably the last uh, SEC player and pitcher of the week. Given out and Spencer Price, if that's how his uh, career ends at Mississippi State, hopefully he will get. I, it, he's a guy who I think, if you gave him another year, would come back. Uh, but he is the SEC pitcher of the week. That's I, two of the two of the biggest disappointments for me, and 
most likely missing out on this baseball season. And I, I know that you saw, as, as I did, that LSU's AD said on, on Monday that the SEC baseball tournament is just a matter of time before that's canceled. Like, it's according to him, it's, it's going down. So, as we have said in a couple other shows, SEC hadn't officially canceled all spring sports yet, but that's probably coming. Um, so if, if this baseball season is indeed done, there's two storylines that, and there's more than two, but there's a couple that, that really stick out to me as things that I hate to miss out on in 2020, and that's Christian McLeod and what he was doing and had the potential to, to be if he could do what he had done so far throughout the course of an entire year. And the Spencer Price comeback story was, I mean, he was a guy that coming into the year, Chris Lamonis didn't, I don't think Chris Lamonis would have bet on Spencer Price being we what asked he him was. about the, him himself a couple times preseason, and he would never really commit to anything. It was almost like anything you get from those guys is just just right. gravy. Like yeah, we, we you know obviously we'd like to see them be a big part of things, blah blah. blah. And, and then they were. And Spencer Price seven and a third innings pitched, I believe, this year only hadn't given up a run. Yeah, and I think he's only given up like a hit. He was back. I think he it was, was back. one hit and ten K something like that. Opponents hitting. Not much anything against him. Right. He was back. You're exactly right. And it was the Quinnipiac. uh, Quinnipiac. 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 However you want to call them. Whatever you want to call them. They're the Bobcats, I believe they were. Yes. I asked Chris after one of those games, you know, Spencer, I don't think you will label him as this, but is he your closer? And and he kind of said no, and it's going to be some matchup stuff. I think if I'd have gotten the opportunity, if there had been an opportunity to ask him that again, following what he did against Texas Tech, I think Spencer Price was the closer. And he had worked his way back to that, was the the back-end guy in a, what was going to be a tremendous bullpen with Landon Sims and, and company. Man, you, you hate it for all those guys. But, uh, yeah, I really hate it for Spencer because he was setting up for a heck of a special comeback year. Um, I guess we can all cross our fingers and – Sit here, and the SEC still hadn't officially canceled anything. So, yeah, well, but that's I, I, I will be surprised if today <laughs> or tomorrow that's not happening. I, I, I think. Like it, I, said, it, I, think it the, I think the only two school, the only two conferences left are um, the ACC and the SEC. Well, well, I'm not going to say the word because I said earlier I won't. Perhaps there'll be a, a a tournament between those two teams. That's all you it need. Could be, um, but but didn't. Well, I know they did because MLB has said that they're going to follow the CDC guidelines and it's going to be at least like mid-May before yeah. they start. Well, the CDC guidelines, assuming the SEC follows such the things, yeah. I mean, that mid-May is the SEC tournament. So yeah, this it's, is it's over. It's, it's over. Yeah. So, oh, well. Well, we hopefully we'll have a little happier show tomorrow because well, the rumblings. Yeah. What's are not happy. over are the, it's thunder and lightning. Thunder and lightning. And the rumblings. So tomorrow, no themes or anything. Just send us whatever you want if you want to talk about Various infectious diseases. Yeah, we can, we, we can say the word tomorrow. We'll say it tomorrow, but not today. We so, wanted a break. Anything you want to talk about tomorrow, feel free to hit us up. We'll be happy to talk about it on tomorrow's show. Tomorrow, you know what? While this is going on, all questions are welcome. We'll answer anything. We will, we will do it the old ABC style. Yeah. Whatever so, you got. Bring it. Bring it. All right. Guys, have a great Tuesday. Back with you on Wednesday. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.
Talk Mississippi Media Production.